0: This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author chris lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include Mature Themes. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is Episode 318. Hello everyone! Welcome to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester, the creator of the Metamore City story universe. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. This is the show where I share my fresh new fiction with you. I'll also tell you what's new with my life and my writing. More on that later in the show. But first, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm excited to bring you Chapter 1 of Honor Bound by L.C. Williams. This is the first volume in The House of Bellevue, a lesbian romance taking place a hundred years prior to the events of Metamore City. These are books that exist as historical fiction within the world of Metamore, and the author, Dr. Lillian C. Williams, is a contemporary of John, Kate, Daniel, and the rest of my characters. We first saw a reference to Honor Bound in my novel Homecoming, where John was loaned a copy of the book by the Lightbringer agent Nazreen Kishani. Now I'm bringing Dr. Williams' story to our world to share it with all of you. Before we get started, some quick acknowledgments to the people who made this possible. Abigail Hilton was my primary beta reader, both on Homecoming and the House of Bellevue. She's the one who encouraged me to import these books from Metamore's world to ours, and she gave me excellent suggestions that made the story better. Laura Levac and Katie Briskey served as my sensitivity readers and consultants on a variety of topics, including queer characters, asexual characters, BDSM, and polyamory. Starla Hutchton in Bad Moon Art Studio provided the cover art and promotional artwork for the series. Vivienne Ferrari did a fantastic job as narrator for the audiobooks. And an extra special thanks to my Patreon supporters, who served as my alpha readers and cheerleaders throughout the writing process, especially Sarah Testarossa, who provided enthusiastic and timely feedback on nearly every chapter. And now, without further ado, here is Honor Bound.
1: Honor Bound. The House of Bellevue. Book One. Written by L.C. Williams Narrated by Vivian Ferrari Dedication For Isabella Mi corazón es tuyo para siempre Chapter 1 Mother's Gift Sunday, April 1st Year 1894, Christo's Reckoning Metamore City Capital, Imperial Union of Metamore and Allied Nations Honor in Bellevue gripped the back of the chair with both hands, bracing herself as her lady's maid planted a knee in the small of her back. Mabel's strong matronly hands pulled hard on the laces of the corset, drawing it snug around Honor's waist and chest. It was her first time wearing one, and Honor had expected it to be terribly uncomfortable— as if one of those great serpents at the vivarium were trying to make a meal of her. Instead, it felt like someone was holding her in an embrace. There, that's done it, Mabel said, her voice taut with exertion. Hold still, milady. just another moment, now. Mabel quickly pulled the laces into a bow, then knelt down and spent another minute fussing with the ends. Honor fidgeted shifting her weight from one foot to the other and tried to see what her maid was doing in the mirror but the chair blocked most of it from view There we are mabel said rising to her feet again let's have a look at you she turned Honor around and examined her sharp green eyes scanning her critically from head to toe idly honor noticed that she was now just a bit taller than her maid and Honor was not taller than many people. She could remember a time when even Mabel had towered over her, her heavy bosom looming overhead like a hanging cliff face. But I'm all grown up now, Honor thought, with a dizzying mixture of elation and fear. That's what tonight is all about. Mabel was frowning at Honor's chest. Needs a bit of adjustment there. She said, mostly to herself, Here, spin around again, my lady. Obediently Honor did so, and was slightly alarmed when Mabel's arms snaked under her torso, just under her breasts. She pulled Honor tight against her, gripping the underside of Honor's left breast and heaving it up and in toward the center of her body. It was shockingly intimate, and Honor let out an Oh of surprise. Quickly and efficiently, Mabel shifted her grip and did the same thing on Honor's right side. Honor's face heated with embarrassment, but her maid seemed not to notice. "There we are!" Mabel said again, with more evident satisfaction. Those strong hands turned Honor round again, then guided her around the chair to stand before the mirror. "Have a look, my lady!" Honor looked. A mottled red flush had spread from her cheeks down the line of her throat, and below that, oh gods, she had cleavage. The corset had lifted her modest breasts and pushed them together in a way that was quite foreign to her. She wondered if this should be considered false advertising. Oh, my, she murmured. Mabel let out a sharp little laugh. (laughs) Yeah, that's the usual reaction she said. Don't you worry, miss. I'll have you done up all good and shiny. Those young gents at the ball won't be able to take their eyes off you. For some reason, this prospect did not fill honor with as much excitement as it was probably meant to. She was looking forward to the ball so she could meet her fellow debutantes, the young people from around the empire who would become her peers, and, she hoped, her friends, The fact that the Duke's ball was something of a meat market for the noble class was entirely secondary to her mind. Though probably not to father's. Mabel helped her put on the ball gown over her corset, a large frilly white thing festooned with lace and pearls. It looked like a bridal gown, except that there was no train and no veil. After that, there was some final fussing with her hair and makeup and then Mabel turned her back toward the mirror again. Honor stared at the elegant young lady before her. Her long, wavy black hair was done up in a swirling, conical bun, with a few trailing ringlets that hung to either side of her head like ribbons. Her blue eyes were framed with eyeliner and mascara that lent them a shocking intensity. They gleamed like aquamarine, like deep pools of crystal-clear water." A touch of rouge had added warmth and color to her pale skin, and the lipstick made her lips look full and inviting. The gown exposed her neck and clavicles, the neckline plunging toward her now suddenly noticeable bosom. She'd never worn anything so overtly sensual before. She imagined all the other debutantes in similar outfits, all of them presented before the Duke's court as grown women for the first time. This is our time to shine. Her pulse quickened with excitement. Mabel stepped up beside Honor, gazing at the younger woman's reflection with obvious pride. You look lovely, my lady. I wish your... Oh, bless me, I nearly forgot. The maid hurried back over to the dresser, where she began pulling open the countless little drawers and rummaging through them. Now... Where did I put that bleeding thing? Brought it up out of storage weeks ago. I knew you'd be wanting it. Oh, gods, if the mistress were here, she'd... Ah! Yes, here it is. She returned with a clamshell box of polished walnut, with the letters S.H.C. engraved on the lid and inlaid with gold. Honor's stomach flip-flopped when she saw it. S.H.C. Sylvia Hinchastain. This was your mother's, Mabel said somewhat redundantly. She wanted you to have it when you came of age. She opened the box and presented it to honor, arm outstretched. Inside, on a lining of black velvet, lay a beautiful amulet of gleaming silvery-white metal. It was about two inches across and shaped like a butterfly, with intricate loops of metal weaving back and forth in the style of a sapphire knot, The wings and body were decorated with beautifully cut gemstones emeralds, sapphires, and clear, brilliant crystals that Honor supposed were diamonds. The insect's thorax was filled by a cabochon stone that she had never seen before black, but shot through with swirling patterns of green and gold, red and blue. Honor held it up to the light, turning it this way and that, and every angle revealed new colors and intricate details. She had the sense of gazing into a clear night sky, watching the northern lights twist and shimmer overhead. It's amazing, she whispered, running a finger reverently over the stone. A tingling energy ran down her arm, filling her whole body with warmth, though maybe that was just her imagination. What is it? Is it magic? Magic? Honor knew that wizards could lay enchantments into things of stone and metal. Apart from the anti-cursed charm worn by most people in Metamore, though, Honor's was in a little silver ring she wore on her right hand. It wasn't something she had much experience with. Bless me, miss, I don't know, Mabel said. I just know mistress meant for you to have it. Something for you to remember her by, I suppose. I don't remember her at all. The old familiar ache stabbed through her again, and it made her feel embarrassed and childish. From everything Honor had heard over the years, the Lady Sylvia Hyn Chastain had not been someone to admire. She had run off with a foreign lover when Honor had been barely three years old, abandoning her duties to house and husband. Lord Bellevue had been granted a divorce in her absence, and House Chastain had excoriated her, stripping her of her title, her dowry, and even her family name. The whole affair had been a massive scandal, and House Bellevue had barely survived the shame of it. Only Mabel still spoke fondly of her mistress, and then only to honor and behind closed doors. Still, it was a very pretty amulet. The Lady Sylvia may have been a faithless harlot, but she had clearly had exquisite taste, And if she had made this one kind gesture toward the daughter she had abandoned, this one gift to make up for all the birthdays and yuletides when she had been absent, well, at least that was something. A crumb of thoughtfulness toward the woman Honor had become. Honor drew the pendant out of the box, holding it up before her on its silver-white chain. The space-black gem glittered and sparkled, green-gold nebulae gleaming in the darkness, Hesitantly, she glanced over at Mabel. You don't think father will be upset? She asked. Mabel clucked her tongue. God's miss, I told him about it ages ago. Asked him what I should do with it. He said it's your birthright, and he wouldn't be the one to take it from you. Honor nodded thoughtfully. Then she opened the clasp and slipped the pendant around her neck. The butterfly settled on her breastbone, and a sense of warm contentment washed through her body. It looked right. It felt right. Then I shall wear it, she said, and smiled.
0: And that's the end of Chapter One. Come back next time, when we'll meet our other protagonist. Natasha Volkova. Chapters of The House of Bellevue will be released once per week for 51 weeks. If you're enjoying this story and want to listen to it faster, the entire series is available now at Amazon and Audible. To learn more about these characters and their world, visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Now it's time to check in on my writing endeavors. Here's your weekly writing report. This update covers the period of January 15th through March 4th. On January 15th, I recorded episode 317 of The Raven in the Writing Desk, which marked the end of production for my recast of Making the Cut. On that same day, Vivian Ferrari uploaded the first batch of narration for Honor Bound, and I immediately began production on the audiobook. Over the next six weeks, from January 15th through February 28th, Producing the audio for The House of Bellevue was my number one priority. All of my writing was placed on hold while I prepared the books for market. Producing the audiobooks before the print books were released had a side benefit as well. It helped me to catch a number of typos and continuity errors that I otherwise would have missed. Toward the end of February, I implemented those edits in the ebooks. I also put together an omnibus print edition, called Honor of Bellevue, which is on sale now. This book features a gorgeous wraparound cover from Bad Moon Art Studio, and it's available in both paperback and hardcover versions. Looking back at the month of January, I wrote a total of 5,535 words in 10 days, averaging 554 words per day. That ranked 67th out of 81 months since I started the podcast. Compared to December, my word count increased by 94%, and my writing time increased by 121%. I didn't do any writing in the month of February, since I was all-in on the audio production side. That's only the third time in 82 months that I've gone an entire month without writing anything. However, since I produced 51 episodes worth of audio in six weeks, that should leave me lots of time to focus on writing in the coming year. For the week of February 26th through March 4th, when I'm writing this, I wrote 2,629 words in four hours, averaging 657 words per hour. I wrote on four out of seven days this week. After completing the audio production, on March 1st, I went back to work on my Alex story, Out of the Shadows. I'm now in Chapter 5, and the story is just under 13,000 words. I also spent some time this week setting up advertising campaigns for the House of Bellevue, which will launch when the audiobooks are cleared for release. Part of that included creating a Facebook page for LC Williams, which you can find links to at the Fans of Metamore City Facebook page. Over on the Patreon feed, we have some new patrons this month. Please welcome Rebecca, Christina, HR, and Andy. If you like this show and want to help me keep making it, becoming a patron is the very best way to support me. When you sign up for a small monthly pledge, you help ensure a consistent revenue stream that lets me pay for things like web hosting, podcast distribution, and cool Metamore City bonus art. I recently put up character portraits for the cast of my first Metamore City novel, Making the Cut. If you've ever wondered what Daniel, Abby, Victor, or the members of the Summer cell look like, now you can see for yourself. It's visible to all patrons. And if you make a pledge at the $3 level or higher, you can see the chapters of my newest story as I'm writing it. The first four chapters of Out of the Shadows are already posted as I'm writing this. To get started, go to patreon.com slash author chris lester. Take a look at the donation tiers and choose the one that's right for you. You can make your pledges monthly, in a variety of different currencies, or prepay for a year's access in advance and you'll get one month for free. And if you're already a patron, thank you very much for your support. I couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show... Send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255-082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author chris lester, the fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamor City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out.